Wilmish and Nagoya. We're back. We're having fun with this. We're, it, you know, we we uh, took a little pause for a while. We bl- let's blame it on COVID because everything is uh, COVID related. And uh, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk. necessarily COVID. Oh, you had a, a municipal election there yeah. and uh, uh, making sure that the organization is being uh, not uh, apolitical and not involved in the election process itself. Uh, we, we tend to be careful with that as yes, well. You guys are very careful. The uh, So this this one here, we wrote down some, some ideas and thoughts and we're going to go on a bit of a journey. We're going to hit a lot of things, I think. So, um, you know, we, we had an election, of course, and... Uh, uh, we have six uh, uh, councillors, uh, two of which are uh, uh, returnees and four newbies, which is always uh, a lot of fun to have work with uh, new people that uh, don't uh, haven't, of course, been elected before and don't know everything about uh, the city and how it operates. And you guys at the city do an amazing job on on training. And we did a couple of things from facility tours and service level reviews. And we did planning 101. And so... You guys got to visit building number nine. Building number nine. So building number nine, for those people that don't know, of course, it's the most important building in Coal Lake. Now, some people would argue that uh, it's not. But when you flush your <laughs> toilet, uh, you really appreciate building number nine. I can't believe how long the product, when you flush your toilet, takes to get to building number nine, depending on where you live in Coal Lake, and then from building number nine to the lagoons where it all gets to float around and, and do its things in the treatment method. And then when it goes into the Beaver River, as it, and when it's cleaned all up, it goes into the Beaver River and that product is so clean you can actually drink it. Not what? that we advise it. What? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's actually cleaner than the Beaver River itself. Oh, yes. Yeah. In terms of, uh, yeah, oh, yes. In many aspects, the nutrients and stuff like that are in there. You're absolutely right. It's crazy. Because there's got, there's a lot of nutrients and, and stuff that's already in the Beaver River based on the background studies. Yeah. Absolutely I'm, right. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, being a yeah. water thing with Jiggy of, of wow. my background, it's like, it's it's wild that our effluent from our, you know, our, our, our waste stream or whatever the proper word is supposed to be. You can, you can buy those survival straws. Yeah, survive. <laughs> Well, in, I don't know if I would do that. But in your in Europe, they they turn that water and they bring it back to your house, yep. and that's the plumbing that brings comes in your what do you guys call it gray water mm-hmm. and comes back in your house and that flushes your toilets or in inside your homes. Of course, we don't do that here, here uh, but uh, we send the the effluent out into the Beaver, and uh, it, it is cleaner than the river. And of course. You know, these are all standards that are applied by the Alberta government. And, and federal government. And federal yeah. government. Very, very strict in Canada. So yeah. uh, building number nine, the, the council got to see how big that hole is in the ground. And it's way down there. And Nobody nobody had an upset of their stomach. And I think we did know. it before we ate lunch. Isn't that what we tried to do? No, I think we Well, I think we did do it after we oh. lunch. But, <laughs> but it's a full day. Uh, we did a couple of day tour around of all the facilities from the North Hockey Rink to see the... Uh, the new renovations in the North Rink, which is just absolutely impressive. Uh, the contractor did a, a great job, and uh, in, you know we'll look at uh, someday fixing up the uh, the facade uh, of the building and keeping that historical uh, look to that arena. Um, you know, minor hockey deserve a lot of credit. They were the ones that came to council and, and uh, said that they would commit to purchasing ice Monday to Thursday. And, uh, and so that we could have a, a rink rat work in there. And then, of course, the new hockey organizations that come in, into the city now. The, the Broncos. The Broncos 
have even stepped it up further and uh, are buying ice time on the weekend. So that rink just shows you that uh, the city couldn't really survive on uh, the two hockey rinks. And now we have the north rink. We put some money in there and got a new ice plant, a new floor. It should be good for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it like you said, uh, when uh, council did their tours, that's, it's a complete facelift on the actual, um, you know, the ice surface side. Now, mind you, uh, the, uh, the city of Cold Lake still has budget to do some rentals on the other side. And there's been some debate on what colors that we should be yeah, painting at and stuff like we, that. But, uh, um, over the next, uh, you know, the next cycle, um, administration should be able to do some of the renovations in there and give it a facelift on the kind of the, uh, kind of the spectator side in that, in, you know, where the people sit and stuff like that, the warm side, right? I think you got to look at the original six, go with the theme and maybe put it out to the public would be fun. But, you know, I'm sure the Leaf fans in our community would be pushing for a blue and white type of uh, color. Uh, and then of course you've got the, uh, Gordie Howe connection to our city, where Gordy used to come fishing on the shores of Coal Lake. And so he could always uh, paint it in the, in the red and white uh, colors. So it's just an idea. Like it all depends on how many times uh, Larry Hargrove those are, votes, those are right? Also flames colors, a little bit of orange. Yeah, well, I don't think we'll, we'll do that. But uh, that's no, <laughs> that's far from original six. Oh, um, darn. Okay. Even you others don't count. But uh, so that, that'll be exciting to get that up, cleaned up. Um, but even uh, taking a tour of Kinnisu Beach, we've seen a lot of money th uh, fixing the Kinnisu Beach up and now moving into the next phase of Kinnisu Beach. Talked about Lakeshore Drive and uh, what's required there with the uh, and the undergrounds, the water and sewer is really driving that project, the old clay pipe uh, underneath uh, that road. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Which, uh, how many places in Coal Lake do we have? Do there's we have still, many? There's still quite a few areas. That have yep. the clay. That have clay tile. Yeah. 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 Clay tile pipe is, is very, very old technology, right? A step up from the old wood state, but yeah. um, the, uh, any, anytime you're dealing with clay tile and you, and you start to vibrate above that, it's, it's very brittle and it just, you know, shatters as you're trying to work with it. Right. So. Yeah. The council got to visit the police station and see how crowded of a little workspace uh, they have. Uh, I think that day our our, uh, our jails were a little crowded that day. Uh, we had some uh, some people that wanted to spend the, the evening uh, in the jail. Um, and uh, I think I've heard they, they like the food over there. So I just, uh, we talked about the food. Those meals. Served, yeah. Those meals. And yeah. uh, that was interesting conversation. But very crowded building. Of course, it's been on the books to get a brand new um, facility for them where you guys are just working with the federal government on uh, the the building envelope and, and all these new requirements. And, and uh, but, I, you know, it's amazing that we've been working, waiting for this building to put it in the ground. And the longer we wait, the more expensive it's going to get. Oh, it does. And bigger yet. Every and time. bigger. Yeah, and bigger. Yeah. And now uh, from the orientations, uh, you know, facility tours were done throughout the organ uh, throughout the city. And um, that was beyond our last podcast. Uh, you also did the uh, service level reviews. Now, the service level reviews is a great opportunity for council. And uh, we do this annually to provide feedback. It's basically a terms of reference of administration on everything that is done within the city right from water and sewer, water digs, snow plowing, snow removal, um, social programs, um, planning programs, you know, all of it's in there, right? Uh, hours of operation. So it allows that council to, uh, to provide that feedback on whether they want to 
amend any of the programs and services before you go into budget. Um, delete programs and services, things that are maybe not you know relevant anymore, or maybe we shouldn't be doing, and and or add new things that are emerging trends and stuff like that that council would like to see as budget proposals uh, before you uh, you head into the budget. So you know that's that's that first time that council through the orientation process sees the uh, multifaceted and and everything that uh, that is done within the halls of uh, the walls of city hall. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing, and of course, it was it was kind of ironic as we're doing the service level reviews. Uh, City Coal Lake was faced with a major snowstorm, and yeah. so uh, count and council got to experience the, you know, quite a quite a dump and a windy up, you know, a lot of wind, of course, lots of snow drifts, and of course, now the residents are are finding your number and they're saying, you know, when is my street going to get plowed? But, you know, hats off to the city forces and the contractors that are with, work for the city on it. Just an amazing job. Uh, and so council got to see not only the policy in terms of depth of snow that triggers a snow removal, but also got to see it in action. And, and all of the council was really impressed with uh, how fast the city came in and, and hit the area. We'd heard of other communities and how they were struggling. But I think it just speaks to the, uh, you know, how the staff and the contractors are really trying to fine tune the whole uh, method of snow removal in our city. As most people know, uh, the city pushes a lot of snow in certain streets to the side. And then uh, if some of those residents yeah, might have to deal with a snow drift or we come along later on with a bobcat to try to pick it up. Yeah, there is equipment that yeah. uh, for the driveways that come by. Uh, yeah. I know that some residents feel that it's behind too far and they yeah. want it done right away. But, uh, you know, when the the graders are working quite a bit faster sometimes yeah. than the air, and it depends on how much, right, that the bobcat or the loaders coming in behind those graders do take some time coming in to yeah. clear out. Yeah. yeah, when you get a big snow event like that, your best yeah. is to stay in your house, have a coffee, and, and just uh, relax, watch uh, some old movies or something. But uh, the the other interesting thing... The mayor will call the yeah. uh, employers to, to just just to, for everybody to, you know, it's okay, your staff will come, and they'll yeah. eventually be there. Yeah, they, and that's what we had to email. Day people. off on the mayor. There you go. Um, <laughs> well, some people couldn't even get out of their road. Uh, I mean, it was impressive, snow dump. Um, but the other one was, is we pick up our snow and we, we take it to these uh, snow dumps as you, a couple of places in, in Coal Lake where yep. we physically pick the snow off, off the street and then move it where, you know, we've been traveling over the years uh, where some cities don't do that. And I think I really like the fact that we pick up our snow and get it out of there because I think what it does is helps Coal Lake drain when, when um, the city melt happens, when the snow melts all that moisture, the potential moisture has been removed from people's yards. And we have a lot of flat subdivisions. And so I think it's good that we pick up the snow and move it elsewhere because who knows in certain subdivisions what that water could could have done. Yeah, I, I, I think that helps with that. There's a couple of reasons. That'd be maybe one of the, on the list. Uh, um, another reason is, is that uh, there's not a lot of storage. So if you notice some of the older streets that are wider and have more asphalt top, have more storage room for, for windrows to exist if you're just mm -hmm. blading it to the side. And, and you'll notice in, and you, in terms of trying to address some of the traffic accommodations or, 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 or slowing down the traffic, you narrow the roads down, but when you narrow the roads down, then now there's no storage for, no to park. for anybody to park. If you put windrows all in there and then you have residents complaining that, well, I have no place to park, right? So it's that balancing act. Of what, and then of, if you were to just simply widen the roads for all of your subdivisions, the developers are probably going to say, 
how much does this cost in order to service property in the community and build houses? So it's that definitely balancing act of how do you approach uh, snow removal in any community. And uh, and of course, in Cold Lake, we do have a hybrid. If there's room, we do blow, uh, we do uh, just run it to the side. Uh, you see that throughout uh, several areas and then come back later and pick them up perhaps. If it's ditched, we'll probably t tend to leave it there. And then other areas that it is being picked up. So what about like at the shopping malls, they, they have to look after their own snow and then they make huge piles, but are they allowed to put it on their, on a truck and then take it to our snow, yep. snow dumps? Yep. Oh. Yep. Some communities have a fee associated with that in order to access the snow dump site. We don't do that. Either. We just allow yeah, anybody. Yeah. Cause I see a lot of the businesses, uh, have the snow huge, huge piles right now. And they're probably going to be a point here where they're going to probably have to pick it up and put it in a truck and move it off site, eh? Yeah, the uh, two snow piles that are available, there's one in Cold Lake North and one in Cold Lake South. Well, the Cold Lake South one is, I think, is on 54th, I think it is, um, by the multifamily complex down there on the east side. Um, now, those things, when they melt, it takes good part of the summer for it to melt like you'll go yeah. there in july and <laughs> the snow pile is still melting there yeah oh, maybe the kids will be tobogganing in june this year oh no not a good idea there's a lot of stuff you know oh, dear. debris in those uh, piles yeah no it's good i mean uh, they, they have the trails open up uh, with the, the machine comes by a couple days later after snow and gets the millennium trail all all uh, off and people are really using of course this year with all of the ice on the of the way the snow is melting in the rain we had it's been a, a little bit different winter and of course, the lake is still open, and we, and we had a major contractor down there take up, uh, dig up the, uh, the the boat launch area, yep, and take out the old um, what do you call that thing? The the, the, the concrete slabs, the for concrete the boat slabs yep. for the boats. Yep. Uh, and so now we're going to have put the new ones installed. They're in now. They're in now. You go out there right now. They're not all leveled. They're like they'll wait for the spring thaw to occur now. Let it freeze thaw because as you know, there's frost frost jacking that happens. So we'll see what it looks like in the spring and what 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 uh, adjustments have to be made. Now, one thing is is that was what's really interesting or you know of, of of fact is that the lake levels are very low this year, right? Yep. It is. It is very low yep. and uh, you know the sailing club um, did want to be able to have two meters of depth on the bottom of that uh, of that boat launch um, to the lowest lake levels and we we're just not going to be able to achieve that type of depth in there yeah. right right off the being the lakes is so low right so yeah the lake's gonna yeah. come up this year uh, you know that's that the snow is your friend and the beavers got big high beaver dams as I was telling about the other day so we're, we're gonna have high water you watch Hopefully, that's yeah. my prediction. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. But anyways, yeah. The, anyways, the uh, the the boat launch is done for the season, um, and the rest of the work will happen in the spring. Okay, we're gonna finish her off this spring. It's a very popular uh, boat launch, and it was long overdue, and it's unfortunate. But uh, the sailboats uh, right now they'll have to probably continue to use the crane, and hopefully for the lake to come up. The uh, you know, so we did, uh, I did know that a lot of the council really enjoyed Planning 101, where you plan out your city and you learn about, you know, all these different acronyms that you guys run around with, uh, area structure plan and all this stuff. And so that was exciting. It was uh, really well done. And we look forward to, uh, you know, because we've been in a bit of a lull. Uh, there's, there was a lot of subdivisions that were already uh, built, but with empty lots. And so you're seeing some sort of infill uh, development by some of the builders. And I think... Uh, we're going to get, you know, I think this council will eventually be facing some new applications. So whether it's an out, outline pl plan or a area structure, area structure plan. plan, I think it, it, it's bound to happen. I can feel mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a, a drop in uh, the amount of uh, residential lots available. 
And so it's bound to happen where these things will be in front of council. And so they, you know, planning one-on-one, they got to learn all of that and how the process is. And, and our objective, the city's objective is, is always to work with the developers and try to do it fairly and get it in front of council for approval uh, in a short period of time so we get people digging. Yeah, you know, planning is, uh, of course, we this uh, the administration hosts planning 101 because sometimes it does get frustrating because there's lots of red tape right? As we try to remove that red tape, um, there are, you know, in some instances, consequences. Statutory documents are, are, are that. They are statutory in nature and you just can't change them on a whim because somebody wants something new or some, some change in direction of those plans because um, without consultation and without, uh, um, you know, bylaws being approved, there could be legal consequences and stuff like that, right? So each has their own steps and we try to minimize that and we kind of walk council through what it can and cannot do and what can it approve without amendments and stuff like that. So um, it's a very important process. Um, the city of Coltake has been involved in various litigations in this regard um, and uh, to making sure that everything is kind of followed by the book and because if it's not there is there there's those uh, implications right yeah yeah even actually some of the training that is done um, by the uh, province cases. and uh, and by uh, some of the big legal firms is some of the cold lake cases right? yeah it's kind of cool yeah yeah a little city that's punches above its weight the, uh, we, we got to go into convention, which is a Alberta municipality. So they changed their names. So they did a rebranding. And uh, so we'll see how that is. Is, but, this, a, is this a future? Uh, it's, yeah, it's called Alberta municipalities, not um, not the old Alberta Urban Municipality Association. We're, we're now municipality. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a hint towards potential? Merger? M yeah. You know, I don't know. I, think, I don't know. Uh, Interesting, right? It's good that they're visioning yeah. that way. They probably yeah. could go to 50 municipalities in my books. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's a, a whole that, podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> wait, uh, wait a while on that one. That's a full show. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, the takeaway at the, uh, at, at the conference was really that you could see the province is really pushing, um, even though most, we didn't know, City College does, does not have a position on, on the subject. But you could see that uh, there is a real push uh, by the province to uh, go with their Alberta police force uh, rather than yeah, provincial sticking, police force, yeah. sticking with the RCMP. And so interesting, um, you know, I, I think that what we've seen is there's probably 80% or so or more of the municipalities have said that they want to stay with the RCMP. And so, you know, I think Coal Lake's position is, is give us all the facts and, and we'll review it slowly. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a big rush, but I think our position's always been that we don't feel that we have a policing problem. We it'd be nice to have more police, but uh, we have a we have a court system and a prison judicial system, system, a judicial yeah. system yeah. problem. We don't have enough crown prosecutors. Uh, we we have an issue at the back end about uh, dealing with uh, those that are convicted, those that are charged. And uh, this catch and release format, or or if a person has ten charges, and only one or two stick for a conviction, you got to ask yourself, what are we doing wrong on the other eight charges? And it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating for those that have been a victim of crime, and uh, people are getting frustrated. And How, and and, this, and there is statistics that are uh, you know are eye openers oh, yeah. um, that public doesn't necessarily get to see um, every day is is how many uh, of the charges are just dropped because yeah. it can, can't get to court on time. Yeah, we have. Right? It's just because they're so backlogged and, and the system just so that it's kind of, 
the it seems that the crown prosecutors from an observation perspective i don't want to make any assertions in that but observation is kind of picking and choosing and what's important or what maybe they want to take to court because there's only so much availability time slots everything else just because of uh either horsepower on the uh, crown prosecutor side but also um slots within the court system itself so therefore they time out and then just uh just uh, charges are dropped and moved on right yeah the whole system is uh is broken and uh you know i'd rather see the province focus their energy on that right now than concentrate on a an alberta police force i think we got to go back and look at that uh, in a bigger bigger way uh you know there's a reason why you're not getting crown prosecutors and maybe you need to look at the salary you pay them is that maybe you know pay pay them a base salary plus plus you know and and maybe there's you know a certain file load and then after that if a if a lawyer is going to do 10 percent more they're compensating but they got to look at getting more people that want to work as a crown prosecutor especially in in rural alberta um but uh, so you know and i'm, and I'm a big believer in, and we got to look at uh, building some more prisons out there there's some great locations uh, that we could suggest that uh, we've we've commented over the time at convention, but but anyways, nobody's really reaching out and, and asking us for our opinion. But uh, we we always are good to give an opinion. Yeah, what was it? Two years ago, we were able to lobby the uh, provincial government, the uh, the uh, Minister of Justice, Solicitor General, for I think it was an additional day, a week, a docket day for, yeah. at the at the courthouse, and that was about the limits of being able to uh, to expand opportunity for bringing things to the court, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I realize that some of the prisons, you're probably better off having them close to an urban center, a big urban center, just in order to find a number of employees and housing and all that. But there's something to be said about putting a, putting a, you know, a, a, a place somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, just and, and just to be clear, the, I, I think what you see is uh, the city of Cold Lake, many municipalities, and not all, have, have given letters of support for their RCMP. Yep. Um, the, the the city of Cold Lake is, has not done so, not because it does not like the operations of the RCMP. Actually, we have great members here in Cold Lake. They do an awesome job. You know, some of the briefings that we receive, um, you know, and 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 some of the crimes that uh, that they're working on and files that they're working on is pretty significant, and they're doing a stellar job. But uh, the reason is is just for seeking to understand, you know. We understand that sometimes there's conflicts between what priorities of the federal government, which is operated by the RCMP, and then the provincial government expectations and also local government expectations, right? So there's always that kind of conflict that is there. So and uh, so, so I think it's more of a priorities perspective, not personnel perspective, and uh, and also understanding what you know what type of dollars are we talking about? What is budget implications prior to jumping in and, and, and making some final decisions, right? Because it's all about service delivery models. Well, it's a good segue into the next one we had on our list to chat about with strategic priorities. And so this is, we hire a consultant, a fellow by the name of Gord, Gord McIntosh, does a, been working with the city for quite a long time. And he sits, the, you know, it's a two-day session and eventually you get uh, where you get to, we threw about 80, 80 different items on the list. And uh, it's like throwing spaghetti up against the wall. And councillors and administration uh, that are there, your general managers there, uh, and they sort of decide in, you know, you flesh out each one. And then you eventually end up picking your your top uh, ten. You get you get uh, there's a matrix matrix in the, involved, yeah. and eventually you know you, you you sort of see where uh, everybody's thinking. 
And of course, one of the uh, items was uh, security, was was crime, and and down you know downtown commercial s- security was in the top five. Mm-hmm. Homelessness, which kind of is you know part of the the puzzle of all of the crime that we've had in in the city of Coal Lake. You know, they were in the top five. Um, you know, of course, uh, this whole medical services issue, uh, you link in mental illness and addictions. Uh, council was on a theme there in administration, a theme about trying to, those three uh, ticket items there, all kind of related and made the top five. And so I think um, I think we're pretty close. To, you know, if you went and canvassed the, the community, I, I would think that the community would, by and large, probably be giving you that kind of uh, same temperature out there. I think people recognize that mental illness is a is a huge issue in our community right now. And unfortunately, um, you know, we have people, a lot of people that go to the hospital or go see the docs. And uh, unfortunately, in Coal Lake and around this area, the overnight stays for mental illness just doesn't really exist. You have to go to St. Paul or Fort McMurray or Edmonton. We just don't have uh, an overnight type of service um, here in Coal Lake. And on the addiction files, we have uh, the new docs that came into town that help uh, deal with uh, with people's uh, addiction issues. And we, we know that uh, we have uh, people with an addiction problem in our, in our community. And uh, and these the new doctors in town are, are working with, with uh, uh, people. And the unfortunate thing there is, again, no overnight stay where you can work with the person because maybe some of the addictions for that person is when they go back to their house, it's, it's you know, leading to their addiction issue or whatever. And so, so you know, these, these um, now we're a city, you know, it's over 15,000, but the, the, the amount of people that come to Cold Lake for services, especially on the healthcare side, you know, our numbers are 30, 35, 40,000 people come to the city. And so we are missing, there's some gaps. And so I, it's not surprising that it made council's top uh, five here. And it'll be interesting over the next period of while uh, where we go with all of that. But that was identified by council. Certainly uh, in the, the budget, uh, but the budget we'll talk about later, but... I- Touching on that, this uh, the, you know the medical clinic itself is is not only mental health and uh, and also um, addictions conversation was also the uh, physician kind of access to physicians. This was part of the uh, you know municipal election. Some questions were being asked, and you know it seems like we can derive from that um, from the results of that is a one third of the community doesn't seem to have family doctors, um, and we're qualifying that with some of them. You know, a lot of them seem to be trying but can't access them so yeah. um you know there seems to be a uh, 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 you know and you just spoke about the uh, kind of the addictions doctors that you have in the community but a lot of their time is spent actually working on other things right yeah. uh, other than the addictions portfolio because of um physician needs within the community yeah you know i think um you know being being around a bit here it, it sure appears that more uh provincial and federal responsibilities going to become more municipal and uh you know we're going to have to work on trying to figure out how to you know how to solve some of these issues um you know because we do have people in our community and and elsewhere they're coming to coal lake for services that are that are that are hurting and uh so we're we'll be working on trying to uh, figure it out actually the question comes down to is whether this the city of coal lake as a community and 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 council and the residents want to see the the community actually get directly involved in medical clinics yeah 
right? Yeah. That will be a question. I'm being direct with it, but I think those questions are going to be asked and and, uh, and council's already signaled for administration to start reviewing reviewing this. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, you can see the trend. Uh, it's unfortunate uh, that we have to be here, but, um, you know, I think the best government is local government uh, when you stack up the feds in the province and maybe, maybe the feds in the province just need to um, give funding on a per capita basis uh, to municipalities to take over some of this type of uh, initiatives and let let the municipalities get out, get out of our way and let municipalities start to recruit docs and get in the business of uh, some of these avenues and working with private entities that want to take them on. So it's just, it's a big conversation. Um, changing the, the lane was, of course, uh, the lane, did you like that swimming lane? Um, was the aquatic facility. And so, you know, this one, of course, uh, the... Uh, Everybody was hearing about it during the election. Um, it's a big topic in our community. Uh, yes, there is a pool out at JJ Parr, but I think the community is looking for something more modern and slick and with a few bells and whistles more and than accessibility what JJ Parr right? has. Yeah, you know, hours of work. And everybody's got to realize that JJ Parr is built uh, for the, the 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 military community first and uh, first, you know, to keep the, the men and women in uh, in top shape, and so. This is a community recreation facility, um, you know, be, be out at the energy center. And so council is just starting the the journey and it's going to be a journey and it's going to be a financial journey uh, besides understanding what you want inside the uh, the aquatic facility. It's going to be a funding journey. And so uh, it made the top five uh, for priorities of council. And I don't think it's a surprise. I think uh you know, I think it was, it's a good fit. It's number five on our list. Yeah. I, I know seeing from a lot of our media releases and, you know, when we're talking about rinks and we're talking about uh, municipal infrastructure, um, you know, the commonality is, uh, is having, uh, you know, what about the aquatic center in the city of Cold Lake, right? That continues to come back, um, as questions by the community. And, uh, we've already, uh, you know, we've retained a, uh, architectural, uh, engineer, um, and their name's, uh, TBD not to be determined, it's actually TBD. Um, uh, actually, we've had several meetings with the uh, the project team already. They're a great team, um, excellent to work with, uh, uh, paring down on expectations for the facility. Of course, we have to do some facilitation with the elected officials, but uh, you know, um, it, Council's expectation was to ho was uh, for administration to have some some um, information in front of council by uh, March April of uh, of 2022. So Q one late Q1 uh, early Q2 to uh, start making some decisions and start trying to uh, map a path forward to that. Well, that'd be neat. Um, and so what would help because you know the pool is not going to be cheap. You're going to have the capital side of the, the house, uh, and of course you're going to have the operating side. And so, you know, operations, it probably at least an easy million dollars to operate. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that's probably without even the debt payments in there. But, uh, you know, recreation is is heavily subsidized in Coal Lake and it's heavily subsidized in all municipalities. It's just a matter of the level of uh, of subsidization. But, you know, one of the one of our major taxpayers doesn't really want to contribute like everybody else. And of course, we have this outstanding PILT uh, file, payment lieu of taxes file with, with the federal government. And hopefully that will be concluded in 2022. I, I'm looking, I think I'm really confident the federal government is going to come to the table and want to look at the big picture that, uh, you know, they, they are, they need to be uh, like everybody else. in positive. Yeah. Positive energy is that they need to be, they need to treat themselves 
uh, like the PILTAC says and uh, follow that resolution. If it's a funding problem inside their budget code uh, for all of the federal properties across Canada, then maybe those elected federal uh, politicians need to increase the money in that budget code so that uh, the poor bureaucrats that are working uh, for that department can actually pay people, pay the municipalities fairly instead of trying to put the money into a certain funding envelope. That is my hope. You know, I agree, and I and I don't mean to kind of go on the side of you know an observation. And I think we actually wrote a letter to the uh, federal government in this regard. Your worship was, uh, you know, even through the pandemic, you saw how many there's actually specific municipalities getting checks much bigger than the, the federal government in this instance paying for their pill. Yeah, paying property. Tax. You know, right? And and the amount of funding was sitting there and going well. You know, why wouldn't they just make this problem go away? Yeah. Right? Like, why would they do this to the city, to a community here? I'm hoping that uh, elected federal uh, politicians will step up the table and and give their bureaucrats the proper funding they they need to pay their fair share of property taxes across uh, Canada. I mean, when you look at uh, the check that they want to write on on the federal property here in Coal Lake for the airbase, you know, I'm sure the Americans would love to buy that base at that val- dollar value. So, you know, I think we we need to look at this is going to really help Coal Lake. We're always about over just over a million dollars short uh, per year on on their payment, and when we only collect uh, just over twenty million dollars in property tax, having your major taxpayer, your biggest largest taxpayer, and not paying. And that's just going to provide it, services for all of the military members because it makes your community that much stronger um, by everybody paying their fair share. And, and money is now going to come to the community that's outstanding every year and just uh, and help deal with these stresses that you have during the budget process. Of course, uh, in order to account for those taxes not being paid, uh, several years ago, uh, council had to make a decision and to increase the property taxes within the city property in order to have a coverage for that. Yeah. 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 And no, it's a big file. And it's one that's amazing. A lot of municipalities across Canada are just watching Coal Lake because we've, over the years and with the new council, it's our number one priority. And so the new council, uh, you got to remember, there's four new councillors and they they dove right into this file to understand it uh, through administration's training. And it's the number one priority of council. I think that speaks volumes uh, about the, the uh, uh, beneath the, your priorities. So that, that was your kind of, you mentioned your top five. Uh, and then of course there's follow-up priorities that uh, require, you know, maybe um, I would, I hesitate to say less effort, but yet uh, um, it's kind of, it'll fall in behind to the top five um, once those top five start to get addressed. And, uh, you know, some of them are just funding related and uh, implementation because you got the Public Works Operations Center, you have the Lakeshore Drive, partially funded already, all of them, right? So it's just a matter of getting those off the grounds. Um, you actually had a, a great conversation because what rose up was the uh, discussion surrounding uh, kind of a performing arts and culture uh, center and, and needs assessment, your worship on that. Yeah, no, there's some great stuff here. A lot of infrastructure projects, um, and I am not surprised by that. Um, you know, we've got some big, big ticket items, Highway 28 twinning, which is, uh, you know, from sort of the jesters area of, of, of the highway all the way to the sales to look at that uh, twinning of that road, and that'll build out that south commercial business uh, even, even better. But uh, we've got a lot of a lot of balls in the air, and the arts and culture, of course, was another issue during the election. 
uh, people are sort of wondering, curious, like what could uh, the city do in terms of that? So we'll go out and, uh, and you know, talk to a lot of people, a lot of groups on that file. So it's exciting. So sort of what happened, that sort of delved into right after that, we did that and we jumped into um, the budget and uh, we sat there in the budget. We did, uh, uh, we looked at the city budget uh, over, I think we did about 18 hours of budget deliberations, which isn't surprising. Uh, the first time uh, that you do budget, uh, you go over all the uh, different um, program areas, uh, whether it's planning, development, infrastructure, community services, corporate services. And so we went through all of the different, uh, all the general managers with yourself and sort of went through all of the different uh, line items, not into the greatest, de- you know, great deal till, um, but uh, you guys uh, did a great job describing over, I think it was about a 12 hour process uh, for the for the different general managers altogether. And then we did, we ju- went, went right into the operation budget and uh, we've had some good discussions with council and we do this, uh, uh, the sort of the uh, matrix as we call it. And we talk about uh, new sources of revenue that will come in um, or in this case, revenue drop. And so the city is faced with a significant drop in revenue. MSI is coming down. The MSI. Sustainability Initiative now, which is the uh, under the new government is called the uh, local government uh, fiscal framework, right? And uh, that you know that's going to be a, a cutback of a you know a good amount of money, probably in the you know the tune of a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So we had that. We also know that uh, the uh, the north property um, that the amalgamation of uh, ID three forty nine into the MD of Bonneville, the uh, uh, tax dollars coming off of that area, that tax pool there that is split between the three municipalities, uh, is come down quite a bit and uh, is going to impact the city revenue by a, f- a few million dollars. So, you know, and some, uh, yeah. right off the get-go, we, you know, we're, our city is faced with probably about a four, close to a $4 million uh, swing in revenue, three to yeah. four million. That's a haircut. Yeah, a sig- oh, significant haircut. And so, you know, we're, we sit, you know, when you look at property tax, so that's your residence and your, your downtown commercial, and then the money from uh, three, the old 349, um, you know, we're just over $34 million in, in revenue coming in, projected to come in in 2022. And so when you're down a few million on that, uh, you've it really sort of impacts uh, your decision making. And where we saw sort of a scale back, of course, will be on the capital side of things. And so, you know, council uh, going in, um, you know, you uh, we already knew that uh, we had this RCMP cloud hanging on us because of our population. Uh, what the city is close to hitting 15,000. And so there was a federal census done uh, just recently. And so we're waiting the results of that. And administration's done a great job in uh, whenever there's surplus from the RCMP budget each year, we've put that money away as reserves. And so we have a bit of a shock absorber when it comes to the salary uh, adjustment increase for the RCMP members, which was long outstanding, uh, that just uh, that just happened. We got the notice that uh, the uh, the service got quite a bit of uh, you know members got, members got a pay increases yeah. and a new cost of living, uh, a, a new collective bargaining agreement, which is the first collective bargaining agreement, which will have implications on a go forward basis. Yeah, we and retro was, right. Yeah. So there's a retro that's looming over municipalities' head as well. We estimate that number could be as much as six hundred eighty thousand dollars for a city, right? Well, the uh, the six hundred eighty thousand dollars a year is actually the funding for. Change of the municipality going from 
like just above the 15,000 for threshold. Mm -hmm. So being under 15,000, you only pay uh, 70% of the policing costs for, 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 and, and all of the assets are pooled. Um, when you go over 15,000, you have that number, your contribution has to be 90% and all the assets are no longer pooled. Yeah. So that's a, you know, that will, that is a direct impact to the budget of just, you know, just shy of $700,000 a year. Now keep in mind is, is that, uh, I, I'm not too sure if you covered that yet, your worship is, is that each kind of a 1% tax increase to the communities around that $206,000. Mm -hmm. Just do the math, right? Yeah. And uh, it's like, so either that you're going to have to cut programs and services or you're increasing taxes or a combination of that. And we, uh, you guys had uh, where you had saved money from the RCMP yeah. budget over the years. And that allowed, that's going to allow us like a shock absorber yeah. to deal with uh, some of the outstanding uh, salary adjustments. Yeah. Administration was able to, um, you know, uh, to, we'll call it, uh, put funding away over the last several years in order to buffer and do a transition of the 15,000 threshold or, or going from 70% to 90% uh, funding formula over the next five years yeah, and be no. comfortable. Right? Yeah, and, and this is, um, you know, we're still supportive of the of um, FCM and uh, the province, uh, our Alberta municipalities trying to lobby to try to get the federal government to pay for that salary increase. Yes, the, the, uh, the retro pay, yeah, right? The retro pay. I mean, yeah. if that happens, great. Uh, that's going to allow more tax dollars to be uh, utilized within the municipality. Because some municipalities uh, didn't do, from what we understand, what your staff did, which was to hold uh, the money in, in the back pocket. So, uh, you know, this is great news. But, you know, so we've got that inside the, you know, OK Council. You've got to figure out a strategy there. And we also had this, you know, conversation during the election and, and prior to that, about uh, increasing the amount of RCMP members within the community. Yeah. So councils uh, going in the budget process had a you know a little bit of dilemma. They they had to think about okay, our funding of RCMP may go from seventy percent a year to ninety percent, and that huge funding increase right off the get go of that. And now oh by the way we need we we know that we're on the uh, case count files and all that we're below the average and all that. And you know, members for files and that. So we need to oh, look it's above at the average, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, above the average. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. And so, you know, do you fund one or two uh, new positions? And so that conversation was going on during the budget process. And uh, of course, we're going to, we already know kind of when we're doing this podcast, what we decided as a council, but we're teasing it up for the budget because budget hasn't passed yet. Yeah, it's subject to budget. You know, exactly. the conversations here are kind of subject to budget being ratified by council. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. And so, you know, the other conversation was, okay, uh, you could, you could hire uh, CPO officers for the uh, issue downtown at night, or, or you could go with the, uh, the downtown Security. Uh, security thing. So we council had conversations about that. So there was a real theme about uh, security uh, policing uh, during the budget process. And you know when you look at a lot of the the stuff on the matrix, a lot of them were there. Even something very simple as criminal record check fees. And so you know we 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 went through a lot of things, but we talked about the homeless uh, initiative put on right now by the John Howard uh, program at Cookham's House. And so, uh, you know, council got into discussions about that and we have a, you know, the social inclusion, um, you know, money that's set aside, you know, $40,000 a year, uh, is that enough? And so conversations about that. And then, you know, just in terms of during the uh, election, uh, councillors heard about the special transportation fees and the bus fees on that. 
uh, talked about uh, the public transit, keeping it free. So a lot of good conversation uh, happened during the budget process. And of course, everybody is sensitive to the fact that on the operations side is, is uh, you know, it's all in the end. If the more you want, the more you put on this list, the more the tax increases is right, and so everybody's trying to keep it as as low as as possible. Uh, we realize that there's some pinch points uh, on our water and sewer right now, and uh, in, in talk had conversations about uh, increases in the user fees there, and also on the waste, waste management, the waste trucking, the waste uh, to uh, Thorhill and that, uh, just dealing Very with stip- what. Wet Steep waste. increases that uh, that the Beaver River Regional Waste Management seeing, right? All you got to do is uh, look at your gas pumps and uh, see what the price of fuel is. So yeah. it was a great uh, a great uh, uh, journey on the um, the budget, and it comes in front of council on Tuesday. And we picked, uh, you know, as, uh, the money that was available in terms of uh, the capital. Uh, you know, really focused on uh, a couple of um, continuations of some projects in terms of the RCMP building. We know that we. Uh, That'll be a, a big build, and the Lakeshore Drive. We have a, you know, we know that's going to be a, a lot of money to fix that road up, but it's a, it's an, a need to do. And of course, the public workshop, which is, um, if anybody's seen our public workshop uh, on the site uh, planning tours, uh, council got to see that building and how uh, crowded it is and and how old it is. So, um, you know, some good projects, and then some. Uh, some uh, miscellaneous um, projects that are exciting for the community and and all be kind of released on uh, you know we have the capital item and the uh, now cal- uh, the, the listeners and anybody in the public can actually go to the city's website um, as of this weekend and being able to download the uh, capital budget and the operation budget as well as uh, um, we want to encourage everybody that's listening to our uh, watch the uh, YouTube council live. On Tuesday night, and uh, his, his Worship Mayor Copeland is, is going to take uh, council pro- uh, just through the budget um, prior to a ratification vote. Okay, I will. I will do that. Usually, I do. I can't. I can't yes. Usually, put my game face on and and and, and go for fun. <laughs> so, anyways, it's exciting. It was uh, you know having done a lot of the budgets uh, over the years, I, I thought I was really happy with uh, council's approach. Uh, uh, some input from everybody in terms of some things that they wanted to. Uh, to do and uh, so I think it's good. I think everybody's sitting in a good spot and uh, lays the foundation. I, I really think that uh, in 2022 it's going to be a big year if we can if we can have the federal government step up and 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 pay their fair share of property tax. I think that that the community is really going to um, move forward. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially because I you know I I got the feeling that uh, there's so many great things happening on on Four Wing Coal Lake with uh, the new infrastructure that's going to be in play, uh, the excitement uh, in, the, in talking to the wing commander about uh, the growth potential on the wing is just yeah. amazing. And so uh, the men and women out there, the ability to actually have a new fighter jet and uh, the you know the different other programs that are going to come with that fighter jet and the capability of uh, the air weapons range, which is just second to none. I think it's pretty exciting, and uh, and it's going to lead to a, t- a potential growth here of Coal Lake, and uh, and of course now you've got uh, strong price of oil. Uh, it, things are things are bubbling that uh, 2022 could be a real, uh, you know, especially near the fall of 22, things could really uh, lay off, and we've Start got picking up and rustling, bustling. Yep. 
course, we've got the air show in July, and that uh, we're seeing uh, uh, information that's crossed the wires on the new uh, planes that are signing up to come and play at the air show. It's going to be an exciting show, and in July, and uh, um, it's we're going to. It might be a, a a blowout event, like how many people might come to see this thing, right? Um, I just hope so. I was looking on some of the um, air show tours and you know I don't know who's all doing air shows in the province of Alberta but I think Edmonton might but uh, I think they're going to want to come out here rather than going to the Edmonton air show that's going to be better out here Absolutely. and uh yeah yeah and maybe council funded the uh, street party on Friday night you just never know you just never know well on that note what you know talking about kind of you know we'll call them major um what, what, what were they in the budget? Major community and tourist events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I want to add one is, is that there's an announcement for the tour, uh, trues, the trues. The trues are coming in February to close yeah. it. And yeah. so, you know, I think uh, you're, uh, we like seeing the, the different uh, acts that the staff are, you know, in conversation with. It's always exciting. And uh, so, you know, there's an opportunity for people to get out of their house and um, come out and uh, enjoy the night, the trues in town. And it's at the field house. It's going to be a stand because uh, you, you know, everybody's been sitting for almost two years now, well, so they should have no problem been... standing for a few hours for a concert. I mean, you know, you can go around, you can talk to your friends, introduce yourself because you've been in hibernation for a year and a half, two years, right? So uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I imagine if COVID's still around, I can't see it disappearing. You'll have to have proof of vaccination and uh, or you know, yeah, the RDP program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You know, come out yeah. and have a have a have a have a soda and enjoy the uh, enjoy the concert. It should be a lot of fun. And of course. Uh, we do know that Canada Day is always a big, uh, big event in Coal Lake. And uh, again, during the budget process, uh, councils uh, had conversations about having a music act for that. And uh, then you've got Feast on the Beach, uh, the Chamber. Uh, let's hope uh, they... That goes ahead. That uh, yeah, goes I think ahead. they're in planning yeah. mode right now. Right. I Excellent. think is last time I've heard. And uh, uh, yeah, that would be really a great Food year. Of, big got, hit last time. Yeah, you see so Canada Day, you got, uh, yeah... Uh, the Trues, you got Full Throttle Festival. Um, the Friday you know, of the year. You know, it's interesting that, you know, when you add all this and what's within the uh, context of the budget is, is that, you know, there's been a lot of conversation amongst your new council is uh, the, uh, you know, the community fabric, right? It's mm-hmm. the fabric of the community and how do we get it back and after this post-COVID uh, era? Yeah, no, we, uh, it was really good conversations. Uh, I, it was, it was great stuff. I mean, uh, Aqua Days last year was a big hit and uh, went off really well. And uh, the community just came out. You could see that the community was just like, I've had enough of this and I'm coming out. How do you top the snowbirds? And, but the snowbirds, like uh, <laughs> I think the wing commander should make that mandatory. That, uh, mandatory Aqua Days. Every, uh, every August, uh, Aqua Days, uh, <laughs> snowbirds have to practice. Can you imagine I'm practicing over the lake? Oh, it, you know, it was great. And we, actually, the Friday practice run for their show uh, was out on the water. And uh, I can't, be- I've I never been underneath the snowbirds when they're flying right above you. And the noise that they give off, it, it's, 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 it's pretty, pretty cool. But it, we're very lucky out here and, uh, and we've got a great uh, community to, to be in. I mean, we met with uh, Cool Lake First Nations uh, a, a while ago on a different project. And just the, their vision for uh, the lake itself is, is pretty cool. And I, and, uh, I, you know, I look forward to over the years uh, that uh, that would be a game changer on, on Coal Lake. And, and we all wish them luck. I think it's going to be fantastic, the vision they have uh, for the lake. The, of course, we, we didn't talk yet about Santa, but Santa came to town. He, he was vaccinated and he came into town. And, uh, and uh, the Santa Claus parade was, was 
fantastic. And uh, it was great to see so many people. The people that were on Main Street. It was it huge. Was huge. And, that, and of course, the, the parade route, I heard a lot of great feedback, except if you're walking the parade. It was a long one. But uh, it uh, was very long, long 50th, and it went way deep into the, into, into the, the houses on 50th. So people could really spread out. And of course, the city did a fantastic job on candies this year. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to the staff. Did we buy enough? Oh, we bought enough. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but it was fun to give out candies to everybody along the route. And I think, you know, just uh, so many uh, parents reached out and uh, said that, uh, thank God. That the shout did. out uh, to the uh, MLA, David Hansen. Yeah. He, uh, he came and joined the city of Cold Lake to uh, go on the parade as well. Absolutely. He had yeah. a riot. He, he just, yeah. he was blown away by the amount of people. So it was great to see, uh, just to see him out there and uh, he was giving out that collate candy and uh, <laughs> he had fun. He and looked I, like he was having a great time. I was in the crowd. I wasn't walking along with you guys. We know that we know the MP Layla Goodrich is uh, really, uh, uh, she couldn't make it up because they were in Ottawa, but uh, uh, she's really pro uh, uh, events in Coal Lake. So we hope to get her up for Canada Day. I'm sure she'll enjoy Air it. Show. Yeah, the air show. But uh, no, it was good to, uh, good to see and, and the staff and, and all the commercial businesses and all the different uh, groups. There's so many hockey teams and all the different uh, societies uh, that came out, put a float in there. It was great to see because in, in the beginning, they were their numbers were low and then they must have had this big, huge rush. Well, I was, I was out there kind of early, about 30 minutes before the parade started and I was you know, going, wow, it looks like not a lot of people are going to come out to the event. I, you know, I was just, I was standing there. There wasn't a lot around me. There was a few. And, and then all of a sudden, like five minutes before the parade, started, everybody must've been in vehicle somewhere. Like, and it just, it was like a march on, onto, onto downtown Main Street. It was fascinating. And yeah. No, it was yeah. great. I mean, uh, and people came from far away. We, we did see in the crowd was the mayor of Bonneville. The new mayor of Bonneville was there and she was enjoying herself and, and yeah. Bonneville, I mean, it's a big decision to to um, to, to do a, a parade and a lot of communities are doing this sort of uh, static type mm -hmm. of uh, mm -hmm. thing. And, and you know, everybody with COVID is, it's a, it's a, a different world right and now. You don't want to demean the importance yeah. of the issue, right? But it is a balance of, of safety. you know, between safety uh, and also economics and, and, and mental health and, you know, and trying to deliver programs within the context of the, of the health orders and the restrictions, right? Yeah. So it was yeah. great yeah. to see the new mayor, yeah. Bonneville, and now uh, Bonneville uh, saw uh, how we, how you guys ran the parade and yeah. said, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. And, and, and shout out to, um, Mayor Bonneville. They did invite the city of Cold Lake. Yeah. just, uh, the timing wasn't quite right for their mobile yeah. one. Uh, yeah. It's hard to get our foot yeah. down that. Yeah. That we, we'd have, have to, to fix I think up. next year we'll, uh. Well, no, it's not fixed. Yeah, it's in great shape. It's just the way it's designed. We would have to kind of think of some stuff in order to uh, maybe take it down there and join them. You might have to put them. on a transport truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, know, uh, think definitely in future years, we, um, you know, at, and on that note, at the AUMA convention, uh, you know, you guys had a breakfast, uh, lunch meeting with the town of Bonneville, council to council to, you know, um, uh, to kind of a meet and to greet. Break the and, bread. Yeah. But yeah. yeah well, there's a lot great. of, uh, yeah. I think a lot of issues are, are put to bed now. And I think now we got to work on more uh, provincial matters, whether it's Highway 28 and uh, the safety issues there, uh, healthcare. So there's some, some work to be done and we'll for sure be meeting on doing that on the new year. But, you know, let's talk about hockey. Oh, yes. And so we have two great hockey programs that uh, the fans can come out and watch. And uh, now they... They're under that REP program where you have to be vaccinated or sh show a proof of negative. Um, but, you know, they're great hockey. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, they're not getting many fans out. And I encourage anybody, uh, come out and watch a game, especially during the holidays. Um, you know, tickets very affordable. These are, 
these are organizations that, of course, have a lot of expenses. And, uh, you know, we, if we, the hockey that's coming out of there is incredible and just come out and support them. Uh, they put both on the, the cold Lake ice and the, uh, the cold Lake arrows are both doing, uh, uh, terrific in their divisions. Uh, um, it'd be nice to, uh, you know, I've, uh, attended, I think all but one game and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, in terms of the crowd, you know, it is, you know, much lower than previous years. Right. And for both teams. Yeah. yeah. For both teams. So I think, uh, yeah, yeah. If anybody can come out and, and enjoy, uh, Usually myself, your worship, usually you're there yeah. more often um, than not. Most of so, them. So yeah. uh, I can't eat. Now, can I eat popcorn during a junior game? Yes, you can. can. It's under an REP program. So therefore all bets are off. Because really that is the requirement for me. You is just to have a popcorn while I watch hockey. Yeah. I was, it was tragic. I was out there for a little, uh, you know, a, I think it was peewee or bantam. I forget what they Pee-wee call it bantam. now. Yeah, uh, under under, under probably the minor hockey yeah. or, or or the Broncos. Got these new right? names. Yep. So I was watching um, Malag versus Cold Lake. Great game, end to end action. But I couldn't have my popcorn. No, oh, yeah, of these rules. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's up to the kind of the users of the facility. If the Cold Lake minor hockey would implement REP for their program, then it's not an issue, right? But um, when it's not a uh an rep program and you're kind of utilizing the formula of the one third yes no food and drinks are allowed in those arenas under those conditions and uh, i i do want to uh, uh, make a shout out to the uh, you know the local health officer with the city of code lake or within our area um you know it's a very tough position um that they're in and they're trying to balance the community needs the and, and the interpretations of the chief medical officer of health orders and you know i you know i we work with her, uh, her very closely and uh, and she's wonderful to work with and uh, trying to make sure that there's a a good balance to that yeah okay well hopefully yeah. the the chief medical officer uh, Mrs. Enchao will really visit having popcorn in arenas. I think she will. Uh, uh, well, unfortunately, that's we can do it. It's just that we have uh, the we just need to have REP in those uh, in that arena. That means the play, the players yeah. and the fans have to be vaccinated. Yeah, 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 here. yeah. Alrighty, Kevin. Or, or having a uh, that kind of that seventy-two hour test or whatever it is, right? So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. at Junior B, Junior A, I'm allowed to have my popcorn and come out and take your kids to the hockey. Uh, you know, especially if your little ones are into hockey. Uh, uh, just the passing, the checking, some of the hits we're seeing in hockey is just incredible. Oh. We've been commenting that wow, like, it looks like a lot of aggression is getting played out there. <laughs> a lot of COVID aggression and some of these these hits that these players and the goaltending has been uh, amazing, has been, uh, been yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So both both leagues come. There was there was rumor that there was uh, a scouts of some of the some of the te- some of the goalies that are whether they're local or yeah. um, are visiting teams. That's great. No, it's good uh, and come out and uh, really support them and uh, a lot of volunteers. Some of the clubs still need volunteers. So even if you don't want to say pay to enter, but you want to volunteer your time. Uh, lots of volunteers named because of the security, especially if you're having the liquor in the arena, you need that many more security. And so, yeah, if you're, you know, come out and support them, good hockey. The, uh, yeah, if you're wanting to, uh, uh, do some volunteer work and stuff like that, uh, for the junior bees, I think probably reach out to uh, Jackie Cook or, uh, Crystal Fry, right? They're both, uh, kind of the lead volunteers over there. They put in a lot of hours over there yeah, helping, um, women in and then, yeah. And then, uh, they help, uh, helping out Scott Hood being the coach there. Right. And then, uh. Of course, on the uh, arrows, uh, you've got Axel Axman that uh, he's the owner there. And, you know, if anybody wants to help on that front, he's the contact there as well. Well, I understand the hockey players that are from out of town uh, that are staying here, Bill Adida. Thank you to all the Bill Bill people that take in the players, but they're having a great time in Cold Lake. They're all enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for both teams, uh, great coaching 
Uh, it's so evident uh, just the way the play is mm-hmm. and the coaches are, you know, you watch them on the bench, they're totally dedicated. And, uh, you know, thank God we have uh, coaches uh, in the minor sports, uh, all volunteerism, and then in the, the junior level. Uh, great to see. And then this is what, uh, over the years, this is why council administration's vision was on the facilities. Uh, was, yeah, the facilities are pretty top-notch in Coal Lake. And uh, the idea was that let the let the city build top-notch facilities, and then that's going to attract the coaches, that's going to attract the, the youth to, to get in the sport. And uh, so I think it's a great foundation, and it'll be interesting over the years to come uh, how many uh, kids can get uh, and get out into the college scholarships or even up in the higher level of, of hockey, right? So yeah. it's good. So we're, uh, for future sessions, uh, you know, we do want to encourage, uh, you know, email questions. It's been a while since we've said this, but, you know, we would uh, allocate some time um, of the podcast. If there's some specific questions of this of, of us, uh, we can address those questions and just talk about it rather than having, you know, the you know, the emails and, or, you know, it's very difficult sometimes and, you know, an explanation of what something's happening within the city, uh, something's going on and, uh, we can, we can talk about it a little bit. Um, I would say, uh, email, I think the best way is the, uh, city at coldlake.com is the best way to email in and just maybe just in the uh, title there, just say podcast question or podcast query. And, uh, um, we'll definitely add those questions, uh, to here and, uh, and have those discussions. And, uh, it, it definitely would add to the uh, content, uh, um, that we do want to engage with the public and, and have, uh, you know, part of those, you know, uh, if there's a question, I'm pretty sure that's not, you're not the only one that's, yeah. uh, having that same maybe query or thought process, right? So there's no question. That's a bad question. And, uh, we do want to address any of those, uh, that come up. So the future podcast, we're probably going to throw in some new, some of the new council. Yes. Well, we and, did have uh, the previous counselors, but there's some new ones here. I think some, we got some new yeah. ones. That I think they, they got a bit of the gab and I think there'll be interesting people to get on the mic with you. And, uh, so we'll try to get key in some, uh, counselors. Over the uh, holiday season here. Maybe over the holiday season or just after we'll see who, who's around and what, but we're going to have a, a bit of a change for a while and, and get me out of there and, and put some, uh, new voices on there. And uh, especially it'd be interesting to see their perspective on things and they can, maybe they'll re- recount some of the, the stuff that we might've covered today, but, uh, I think it'll be fun for a while, get some new voices because well, we've heard, be, we've be, heard feedback on our voices that, uh, well, yeah, one of them was saying, I, t- I, I talk too quick, yeah. so I got to slow down. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's good. So we'll get that guy good. up here on the mic and, uh, <laughs> he's got some, uh, amazing, uh, background. And so, uh, we're going to take a bit of a change and get some new people up for a while. Uh, but we hope to pass the, the, the budget on Tuesday. You know, it'd be nice to hear from them of why they ran for council, yeah. right? And uh, and uh, what, you know, what drew the interest and, uh, yeah, you know, and listen to their personal priorities and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So that's great. Uh, so uh, on behalf of everybody and uh, council and city staff, well, we just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We don't uh, put out a, a next podcast, but uh, just everybody have a great holiday season. Relax, spend time with your friends if, they're, if you're allowed, and uh, just enjoy the holidays. And, uh, and hopefully, this world will return to normal someday. We've been saying that for a while. Yeah, yeah. We can keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope.